Later tonight, the finale of the uh, 2020 season. Panther Talk. Uh, you'll hear it on uh, our sister station, 1037 WTIB, 7 o'clock. Uh, that will follow uh, Joe Dooley's show, which follows us here on 94.3 The Game. So uh, just a uh, quick trip up the dial after Coach's show tonight. You can uh, listen to uh, uh, Mick and uh, Zoke and all of the gang. And Jim Zoki with us uh, here the uh, day after the Panthers finale. Uh, Zoke, uh, thank you for taking a few minutes. And, and as always, thank you for doing this all season long. We've really appreciated it and uh, enjoyed it. Yeah, it's always fun. Happy New Year to you and all the listeners out there. Got the 2020 behind us, and hopefully 2021 will turn out a whole lot better. I've got a lot of uh, questions. Ben Byram has a lot of questions, Zoki. So stand by for that because he's very passionate about everything. Among the things that Matt Rule said today was that a foundation has been laid. How sturdy is that foundation? Well, that would be the question. So far, it's 5 and 11 sturdy. as. Uh, and I had a few more pieces to it, but uh, I think they they had to come in and, and get started somewhere. And uh, you know, there's still a lot of questions, obviously, as you end on probably your least impressive performance of the season. So not that that's everything, but not the way you wanted to go out, 33-7. Uh, but uh, there are some obviously some obvious pieces of both offense and defense. And the return of Christian McCaffrey will be huge next year. But uh, they got some big issues. They got quarterback. They got left tackle. They got more defender, uh, defenders to add. Maybe a pass catching tight end. I mean, so there's a number of things that they certainly can address. You got to get a GM to make all that come together. So uh, lots to be done here for this team. So I hear you mention they need a quarterback in there. Uh, the Charlotte media and uh, statewide media has been uh, really rough on Teddy Bridgewater today. Matt Rule talked about Bridgewater didn't play his best, but also said that he's he's been hurt since the second half of the Tampa game. So uh, not a great performance yesterday. Uh, you're number eight in uh, the, the draft coming up, which would, uh, I guess, be a spot you could pick a quarterback. What is Teddy Bridgewater's future in uh, in Charlotte right now, would you say, as we sit here the day after the season? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think, you know, he's clearly in the mix, and that's basically what Coach Matt Rule said. He wants competition at that position, but I just can't imagine they're going to come back with the same quarterback room of uh, Teddy with uh, Will Greer and P.J. Walker, and that's going to be it. I think there's going to be some changes in that room, and as Dave Tepper uh, said on the day they parted ways with Marty Herney, unless you're winning the Super Bowl, you're always evaluating that position every single year. So there's got to be some change coming to that position, some competition. I think Teddy will certainly be in the mix, uh, signing a three-year deal there. But uh, I think you'd want to see someone challenge him, certainly for that starter's role next year. And I think Teddy proved capable at times, but for whatever reason, whether it was that injury you alluded to or whatever, last five, six weeks of the season, we're not that great at that position and really for the, a lot of the offense overall. Jim Zoki with his Panther talk coming up at 7 uh, this evening on 1037 WTIB. Here's, here's my... Uh, and I go back to this. We've talked about this. We've been and I were talking about it earlier. I, I don't care who you put back there until that offensive line is shored up and has some depth. I mean, it doesn't matter who your quarterback is, does it? I mean, it can. I've seen um, I've seen Russell Wilson play behind a really bad Seattle offensive line. So it's not optimum, but you know he can make plays with his feet. So uh, and, and Teddy's got some of that ability and. Ran for five touchdowns, as he pointed out yesterday in his uh, post-game press conference, in addition to the 15 that he threw for. But, 
yeah, it's not optimum, obviously. Any team needs a good offensive line to make anything work. But I think they did some good jobs in terms of opening rushing lanes this year when McCaffrey was out there, mostly Mike Davis. Uh, but also, I don't think they were atrocious. I think they're more middle of the pack. It was very patchwork. I think a good job by Coach Pat Meyer putting together without left tackle Russell Coombe most of the way uh, and that kind of changing at that that position five different times. Yeah, right. COVID and injuries and then the guard positions were kind of same thing, a lot of attrition there. So some of that might be on the roster. It just wasn't healthy and activated all year. I'm not necessarily advocating for Teddy Bridgewater, but as you said, I mean, there's a three-year commitment in place. It's not in the grand scheme of things costing you a, a ton of money like other quarterbacks would. Uh, I don't know right now how advantageous uh, this would be to any other sort of free agent. Uh, who knows? But uh, I guess my, my, my thought is on this. Uh, won't Teddy Bridgewater benefit from, uh, even though he's a veteran guy, an offseason that involves OTAs, that involves a preseason camp? Uh, won't this entire group really benefit from that? I know there'll be people who won't be back, but uh, just just the whole from the coaching staff down to the, you know the, the last guy on the roster or the last guy on the practice squad, this whole group, and this is not anything that any other other teams don't need, but they could really benefit from a true offseason, everybody get healthy, and, and you go through this sort of preseason. Yeah, and it does. It would help any team, as you said, though. And then beyond that, you know, by the end of the season, you should be being uh, better at that position, not uh, well, yeah, going I agree. the other yeah. direction. So, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, by that point, whether you've had OTA, mini camps, preseason games, uh, you, you should have figured it out, you know, three, four months into the season of you know, 16 games, and he played in 15 of the 16. So, again, it's not all on Teddy, but you look at 15 touchdown passes, 11 interceptions, you know, that job pays a lot of money for a reason. Oh, yeah. And the expectations yep. and the leadership that come with that. So, he, he knows it. I mean, he gets it. The coach was talking about it today. So, it's not like you're going to you know, put it all on Matt Paradis at center for the offense not being as good as it should be this year. So <laughs> it's, it's going to go on. Things like the quarterback are the first thing you're going to look at. All right. Uh, we got Jim Zoki with us here. Uh, ben Byram is up now. I'm going to let Ben ask you uh, some, some questions because he's chomping at the bit. So, Ben, go ahead. Uh, this is a very like minor question in the grand scheme of things after that awful performance yesterday. But a lot was made from Panthers fans about the activation of Tommy Stevens, the quarterback off the practice squad. If I'm not mistaken, he was originally drafted by the Saints to be the replacement for Taysom Hill because they weren't really sure if Taysom Hill was going to resign in free agency last year. He comes in and he makes some plays yesterday. I know one was for a big first down, and he averaged six yards to carry. Do you anticipate him having a role in this offense moving forward, even if it's a small one, or is that just more so kind of a one-time thing? Oh, no, I, I'm sure the fact that they activated him was with a purpose, and I thought he played well. I think he ran the ball three times yesterday and do some wildcat. And I think he could play, you know, like Taysom Hill, could play some uh, amount of, you know, receiving tight end kind of a position there. Uh, quarterback can run the ball a little bit for you there. So, uh, again, this is a lot of that, not, you know, by, page by page of the playbook, but uh, some amount of replication of what the, the Saints were doing offensively that, you know, Joe Brady is trying to instill here. So, I think it would be more of a niche, obviously, clearly. Uh, but it would be like a heavy dose of it. But I think they like just having that, that versatility on the roster of a guy that can do a couple different things. Speaking of that team yesterday, it was without Mike Davis. I'm a little worried about Mike Davis because he's a free agent coming up. you got to think 
He's going to have some looks coming his way. Do you anticipate him staying with the team, or do you think he's going to get better money elsewhere? I know a lot has been made about we're not going to be able to pay. We're probably not going to be able to pay Taylor Moten or Curtis Samuel. Do you anticipate Mike Davis maybe coming back, being a part of maybe of a double trouble backfield, as I like to call it? Yeah, you know, I'd be first of all, I'd be shocked if Taylor Moten's not back, at least on a franchise tag. I mean, we talk about offensive line, and he's your not only best, but a younger option. You spent a pretty high draft pick on him. So I think they'll find a way to keep Taylor Moten on there. I think they would like to find a way uh, to keep Curtis Samuel, too. It's just a matter of a new GM and the salary cap working because everyone anticipates the cap's going to drop some amount this year, obviously, for uh, obviously revenue being down across the league this year. Uh, but beyond that, yeah, Mike Davis will be, again, determined by – what is left? And we don't know what that is. You know, what is the money? What is the cap? Depending on what you do with Moten and Samuel and some other guys out there, you know, what can you afford because you've invested so heavily in the Christian McCaffrey contract? It probably doesn't leave a ton that you want to reinvest into that position, and especially say if you do uh, re up with Samuel, he, he would take some of that load off too. But uh, yeah, Mike's great. Would love to get him back. I think it would be that compliment to, to McCaffrey, a one two punch at running back. But that is completely a salary cap and money situation. I am in a football situation. All right. Uh, we got Jim Zoki with us. Uh, defensively, I mean, there's some holes there too, Jim. What, uh, what direction should this, uh, should this franchise go def- defensively? What, what areas need to be, what areas need to be shored up? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things they tried to address off the bat was, you know, stopping the run up the middle, and that was Derek Brown. And unfortunately, the, the KK short season was, uh, again, short as it was the year before with another shoulder injury. And they did okay with Zach Kerr and uh, Bravian Roy. So they've already invested in, in that position. So you got one edge rusher for sure. That's terrific. And, and Brian Burns, I think they are very high in what Yitor Grossmatos can bring and some other rotational guys there. Uh, but beyond that, I think you look at the back seven. I think you look at the secondary mm-hmm. and, and you look mm-hmm. at linebacker. And you got Shaq Thompson, you got Jeremy Chin, and you got Dante Jackson. And yeah, Troy Boston's been pretty pretty solid. I think he's viewed as, as much as important as being a leader, even as much as a football that he brings there. But you know, that still leaves three, four openings in that back seven that could be in play in terms of looking at upgrades and trying to get better there. All right, I, I think Ben's got something else for you too. Go ahead, Ben. I think it's safe to say the biggest needs on this team are obviously the offensive line. I think tight end is another one linebacker, of course, cornerback, and then maybe quarterback. When you look at this draft, I think we're sitting at the eighth overall pick. That's kind of an intriguing pick. Who do you kind of like at that position in the draft? I mean, you got a tight end, Kyle Pitts. A lot of people are thinking he's a sure thing at that position. Uh, you got the guy, Mika Parsons. Maybe we trade up to get him. Or maybe do you look at a quarterback? I mean, Matt Rule said earlier today, Bridgewater needs to have a tremendous offseason and he hasn't really ruled out the possibility of drafting a quarterback. So what do you kind of see them doing with that pick, and who do you like? Yeah, you know, that's, again, a position that you just named a bunch of needs, and they got one pick at eight. Uh, so you, you may have to look at, you know, <laughs> you can only do one pick with that, right? Do you, do you want the fourth-best quarterback at number eight when you can get the best, say, cornerback, I mean, like a Patrick Sertain or – you know, a great uh, offensive tackle or somebody like that that's more surefire. The, the guy I don't know much about is has been talking about all years, Trey Lance, and he seems like the other three would be gone in front of him with Lawrence and Fields and, yeah, uh, and Wilson. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, it depends on their evaluation. I have zero evaluation other than the name Trey Lance. I've seen no North Dakota State. They didn't even play this year. I think they were spring 
league this year because of COVID. And so he's not playing. So I, I don't know enough about him to know if he's good or not. Certainly good players can come out of small colleges. I just don't know how to evaluate that. But there are guys that played at a higher level, like, say, a Mac Jones, if he's available in the second round. Or you know, will Kyle Trask possibly be a better pro than what he showed in that last college game when he didn't have his receivers in the bowl game for Florida or whoever? I mean, you look at Dak Prescott was a fourth-round pick. Russell Wilson, a third-round pick. I mean, you don't have to have a top-ten pick to get a quarterback, but you sure can you sure chuck a pick and, and lose a guy that does nothing for you by spending and, and overreaching there. So I think they'll really have to do their homework, and uh, with that new GM, that's going to be a huge priority. Yeah, yeah I, I just tend to think that this has probably got to go the direction of uh, some of these other needs because I, I, I realized Bridgewater was really bad the last several weeks, but I, I just I think if you got everybody back, you've got a fairly healthy offensive line, he's not going to totally kill you but i don't know um all right jim uh let me just ask you real quick uh playoffs are set what do you see uh happening over the next uh, three or four weeks it just uh looks like a lot of really good football teams when you got double digit teams like miami not even qualifying for the playoffs yeah. even though they expanded the playoffs this year uh, they had one more team in each conference and i just think it's like it's not just it's going to be Green Bay and Kansas City. I just I just see so many quality teams. If, if New Orleans is healthy and it has Kamara went out of the bat, put him back in there and going up against Green Bay and you know Seattle went through that dip, but now they look like they're back and playing good. AFC is just overloaded with with great. Oh, teams. AFC is unreal, unreal. Yeah, I mean the the bad like the, the worst looking team might be Cleveland. They got eleven wins, and so it's just like <laughs> it's just really loaded with. I think it was really a year of the haves and the have-nots. Like, there wasn't a ton of middle. Like, the only teams that don't look great are, like, Chicago got in and obviously Washington because somebody had to win that division. So, a little bit of an off year in the NFC. But the, the other four there and the, the entire AFC, Buffalo, is so good. I mean, it's just loaded. So, I think it's going to be really a wide-open, uh, cool competition this year. Yeah, I, I think the AFC, I, just something tells me we're not going to automatically have Green Bay, uh, Kansas City. But we may very well. Who knows? Uh, you, you mentioned uh, – the Saints, they're kind of getting back to, to healthy and, and what have you. Uh, there's some there's some rumblings out there. This could be it for uh, Brady or excuse me, for uh, uh, Drew Brees. We don't know. You know, we don't know what Brady is going to, you know, I'm good enough year this year. But, you know, that seemed like that was kind of a two year. If I'm not mistaken, it was a two year agreement. That was maybe kind of a two year right. plan there. Um, Atlanta, I mean, is this division there in the next couple years where the Panthers, if they play this offseason correctly, could start to, to make some strides? I mean, it would certainly help their cause if Breeze does decide to hang it up. If uh, Brady maybe has father time, finally catch up with him. Uh, Atlanta seems like it's a little bit of a hot mess now. I mean, is, is there some, are there some moves to be made for Carolina in the next year or two in this division? Yeah, I think you know, the, the goal is to kind of catch that rising tide, right, is maybe these teams are taking a little bit of a step back. And, you know, you look at uh, Tampa Bay, I mean, that looks like a team that's, it's got some younger guys like, like Chris Godwin, obviously some decent uh, players that are younger, but, you know, they really did a kind of rent a team, you know, you know, trying to see if they could purchase a championship or at least come close to it with Brady and Gronk and those kind of guys, Leonard Fournette. Uh, so I, I don't think that's sustainable. That approach is not going to be sustainable. And then you look at Atlanta. I think they're going to blow that sucker up. I, I yeah. can see Julio Jones being done there. Matt Ryan, whether he stays or not, is like 35, I think. So I think that's, that's coming to an end. And wouldn't be surprised 
you think of that fourth pick, I mean, uh, obviously Miami doesn't need that quarterback at number three. As long as nobody jumps in front of them, there's going to be an opportunity for Atlanta to grab their next quarterback right there and begin their process a little bit later than we've begun ours. And obviously, Drew Brees, yeah, as good as Alvin Kamara is or whatever, we all know running backs don't last till they're 35. Uh, yeah, that's that's not going to last forever down there. So I, I'd be interesting to see, you know, who would be that next quarterback. I don't think Taysom Hill's a every down 16 game quarterback. They're off to find no. a quarterback, and yeah. a lot of folks think this will be Drew Brees' last year that uh, he'll go to the TV booth next year. Yeah, uh, Jim, thanks a lot. We uh, may call on you from time to time during the uh, postseason and uh, beyond, but we appreciate you uh, hopping on with us each week. It's been a lot of fun. We. We enjoy it, and uh, our, our listeners do too, so thank you for taking uh, the time with us. Always fun, Patrick and Ben. Always appreciate you guys. Thank you.